Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru, as you should know by now. We're on episode 146. I'm so excited that we've been here this long. Um, so as always, I'm going to bring you a fabulous guest today to talk to you about how to improve your job search or even you know, w- where you're working today. So today on the show, I'd like to welcome Jay Mamie, author, radio talk show host, president and founder of Survive to Thrive Professional Development, and, as if that wasn't enough, keynote speaker. Jay's goal is to help people move forward in their lives professionally, financially, personally, and spiritually. Whether it's equipping the entrepreneur or sales professional with experience-based tools and resources to advance in their business, or helping them to find a new opportunity to develop their talents and dreams through or working with clients to provide solid direction and advice for some of their financial concerns, his focus is geared towards these objectives. So Jay, one of the first questions, and I know you're really gonna appreciate this one that I like to ask my guest is, how did we get connected? Well, it's the power of networking, right? I mean, oftentimes if you get out there and meet enough people, those people will introduce you to others that you may never would have met. And that was the case with us because I met you through Suzanne Castle, who I met at a networking event. She spoke highly of you. She came on the radio show and uh, she thought that you would be a fantastic guest for my show, which which you were. So that's how we had the uh, opportunity to meet. You know, and I love that. And I don't know if you do this, but I actually, and I've talked about this in the past, I actually keep a networking notebook. So. Yeah, I do too. In fact, if you were able to see my desk right now, I've got all sorts of names and numbers and business cards and things written up on my board yep. uh, of people that I need to follow up with, what I've met recently in the last couple of days. So I, I'm just like you. I like to make sure that I, I'm close to the fire with the contacts I've just mm-hmm. made. Well, and I think it's so important to keep up with that because it's a really valuable lesson as you go back. Like, you know, you were referred to me by um, Suzanne Castle. That's how we met. And Suzanne Castle mm-hmm. was referred to me through another networking organization that was referred. To, I mean, it's just it's a domino effect and it never has to stop because you keep meeting more and more people. Right. And you keep and you share the love and you introduce others to more people. And that is the beauty of networking. Not only that, it, it certainly gives someone else an opportunity to further whatever goals and projects they're working on by a strategic introduction that you can make that maybe there is no gain uh, for you. There's no benefit, there's no gain, but it's a selfless act yes. that allows you to connect the right people. And as a result of that, great things happen as if uh, the case with you and uh, Amanda Melville, right? Oh, what a great connection that int- uh, introduction that was. That was a beautiful introduction. I have so appreciated that. I mean, like now I'm going to her wedding. So, (laughs) yeah, so she has been amazing and she's actually uh, joined the young executives, the success North Dallas young executives, which Mm -hmm. in talking about doing a selfless act, 
I just want to thank you for taking time to come speak to them at one of their events and share some of your wisdom like you're going to do here today because we're trying to teach these young executives the power of networking and the importance of networking if you want to really grow your career quickly and you stepping up and talking to them was just huge so thank you very much. My pleasure. So all right so let's get to you so tell me a little bit about yourself and what brought you to do what you do today. Well, I tell you, I, I, I realized a long time ago, uh, Casey, that what my, my, my calling was. And uh, currently, uh, you mentioned earlier, I'm a keynote speaker. I also have a syndicated radio talk show. I'm a 10-time author. I'm a creator of sales courses. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 13 years old. Uh, but at the end of the day, when I peeled back the, the curtain and I realized, okay, who's this guy, Jay Maney? And the only way that I could determine it, uh, who I was was by looking at my life up to that point, which was about five years ago. And I realized that all along, ever since I was 13 years old and I had my first entrepreneurial experience, it was all based on helping other people. So whatever service, whatever resource, whatever experience I was having, it was based on someone else being inspired, impacted, influenced, uh, and instructed. Uh, and that's been really my calling from the beginning. I only realized that five years ago. So I was really running on fumes, just just really just naturally performing what I thought I what what made me happy without really knowing that it was my calling and my gifts were given to me so that I could produce ways for other people to be impacted, inspired, influenced, and instructed for their good and the good of the world. So I'm curious, what was your first business when you were 13? <laughs> well, I lived in New York, uh, which is where I'm originally from. And I grew up in a place called Spanish Harlem, uh, El Barrio, for those who, uh, who are from the Northeast, they'll know that place. It's a wonderful place to visit if you ever want to learn how to walk fast. It's a great place to go if you want to learn how to walk fast or, 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 or run. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but that's where I grew up. I grew up in the streets of Hard Knocks. And in order for me to have the nice things that all the other kids had, because we were broke, we were, you know, we, we just had enough to get by. My father had three jobs. My mother was a homemaker, taking care of me, and my brother, and my sister. So we didn't have the luxuries of extra income. It was just the bare necessities. So in order for me to have the cool sneakers and the cool jeans that all the other kids had, um, I had to figure out a way to make money. My first entrepreneurial uh, experience was picking up those bottles and cans that the drinkers in Central Park were playing softball on the weekends. They would leave the grounds littered with bottles and cans and for me i didn't see it as a, as trash i saw it as an opportunity <laughs> i saw five cents so saturday and sundays i grab my little plastic hefty bag and i go out there and pick up bottles and cans trade them in for a nickel and that for me was probably one of those watershed moments that i realized that there are opportunities to build ink to generate income to get further ahead in life that no one can place limitations on you but you. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was a tremendous awakening. And it just turned on this entrepreneurial spirit that today still rages on. That is awesome. And you know, teaching people to unlock that, to learn that there are no limitations, that's huge. And I know that's a part of your course as well. So, mm -hmm. so let's talk about the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is your hour of Thrive Time. So what themes do you discuss on the show and who would you say, besides me, has been your most influential <laughs> guest? Yeah, you know, I, I tell you, that, that's a great question. 
the theme has always been based on helping other people go from this place of surviving to thriving. And I, I, from the get-go, when I started the radio show, I wanted to have something fresh, something different. Because these days, there's a lot of negativity that you can pick up anywhere, whether it's the internet, whether it's um, TV, uh, even some podcasts are diving into negative marketing and, and the doom and gloom. And, and that's fine. I didn't want to reproduce that. I wanted to bring something that was fresh and different and thrive-minded, action-stoking, thought-provoking, where people can walk away from this hour they've invested with me was something that was actionable and implementable that could help them thrive, whether it's in family, finance, fitness, uh, entrepreneurial development, mindset, uh, relationships, marriage. So there's no stone that I leave unturned. In fact, today I recorded this coming week's show and we, ta we tackled what I call the slap heard around the world. And by now, <laughs> most people know what that is, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and we talked about how do you learn from that so that you could not make the same mistake but when you're presented with a situation that can cause you to lose your cool how do you maintain composure how do you self-regulate how do you uh, have proper response management so that on the flip side it doesn't cost you in the long run so I, I don't leave any stone unturned on the show and i think that's why it's a hit it's real it's raw it's genuine and at the end of the day it does help people thrive up to the degree they want to thrive in uh, in terms of guests uh, there's been so many of them, and, and a very eclectic group of people from business to sports to Emmy Award winners to local folks that are here in Dallas making impact in the communities to nonprofit directors. Uh, but I, but I have to say probably Beyonce's father. Uh, Beyonce's father was uh, on the show, Dr. Matthew Knowles. He was on the program and was very humble and very genuine, and uh, I, I, I admired his sincerity. Uh, very, very much so. But but there's been so many that it's really hard to pick one. You know, I, I think that one of the ones that I was really impressed with um, on your show was Michael Gordon, the founder of Teladoc. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a serial entrepreneur. Great guy, very humble, mm -hmm. uh, willing to share his knowledge. And, and certainly for someone who's had the successes that he's had to carve out time to come on the show, said a lot about his servant heart and uh, and the goodness of what he does and, and really how how admired he is uh, on the business global scene for what he's done and he's just a great person and um, but a family man absolutely a family man. you know and I loved it it was great he was awesome yeah he was awesome I actually reached out to him after I saw him on your show and asked him to come on my show and it was I mean, it was a simple ask. I was like, hey, I saw you on Jay Mamie's show. Um, would love to have you come on our show because you speak to a lot of what our audience is looking for. And he said, yes. And I asked him later, I said, why did you say yes? And he told me the story about a mentor of his that he had reached out to that gave mm -hmm. him so much time that he wasn't expecting. And he asked him why he did that. And he said, because it's our responsibility to help the younger generations. He goes, and I expect you to do the same thing. He nailed it. Yeah. That's absolutely correct. That's absolutely correct. And I, I find that's a common denominator among a lot of guests that have been on the show, successful people. Mm -hmm. They There's a sense of wanting to give back uh, and they're very gracious and grateful for the successes that, that they've had, that this is their way to pay it forward. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, we, we mentioned earlier that you spoke at Success North Dallas Young Executives event a couple of months ago, and you spoke on the topic of grit. Why is grit a necessity for thriving? That's a great question. And I, I'm a big believer that you've got to find a way to separate yourself from the pack. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's an entrepreneurial effort, whether you're an employee, whether you're an executive, uh, there is no shortage of crowded spaces today, probably in what you do. So how do you thrive and how do you isolate yourself in a good way so that people take notice of you and they don't lump you in with everybody else, right? You have to have a grit attitude and not just a grit in that sense, but G-R-I-T, and that's an acronym that I've, uh, that I've developed that stands for guts, resolve, intensity, and being intentional. And then T, understanding timing and how to be tactful. And if you can implement all of those uh, attributes in a way that is part of your being, then you will separate yourself from the, from the pack. You will thrive at a different degree as opposed to not implementing any of those acronyms, those attributes. It's a bland, boring, mediocre life. Those that I've learned thrive, they've got guts, they've got resolve, they do things intentionally and with intensity, and they take advantage of the window of opportunity when it opens, so they're very aware and keen of timing, and of course they do it with tact. They know what to say, they know how to approach it, they know how to develop the proper communication skills, they know how to manage their temperament, and that's so important if you're going to thrive, you have to have grit. I, I love that. And I'm, you know, I, I just made a decision in my head that that is going on my wall in my office so that I can look at that all the time. Because, you know, I think that for me, you know, um, I, I feel like I do all those things. And that's, a, a, and as you're saying that, you know, comments that people come to me, they're like, oh, Casey, you're so intense. And I'm like, I know, but I got to get all the things done, you know? And mm -hmm. so I feel like I do a lot of that, but sometimes you need to be reminded because you don't always feel like doing it, you know? Yeah, absolutely right. Listen, from day to day, you could forget the very thing that you learned yesterday in terms of the lesson. The next day, you could repeat it or forget it and find yourself right back to square one. So these these lessons and, and these disciplines, that's why they're disciplines. They have to be practiced and reminded daily. Otherwise, our brain forgets them very easily uh, at the sound of a strong wind. <laughs> like we're having today. Right. <laughs> so, and, and I'm sure, you know, like for those people that may not know how to implement these disciplines, um, I, I'm sure that this might come into play in your new mastery course. So tell us about your new Thrive Cells mastery course. Who is this targeted towards and what do you hope the outcome is when finishing this course? Well, I, I appreciate the question. Um, Thrive Sales Mastery Course really came out of what I felt was a handicap that was happening in the industry, but also looking and observing other sales professionals, business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, even organizational leaders, that there certainly was a deficiency in their ability to communicate their content with more confidence. So among all of the sales trainings and courses that are out there, I realized that a lot of them don't dive deep enough into the things that are my sweet spot, which is what I went to school for. My degrees are in psychology, behavioral science, um, human dynamics. And I thought to myself, how 
much better could a sales professional be if he understood how to take his A game from a novice to a ninja, from a mascot to a master, and from a whiner to a winner, <laughs> if they learned these new techniques that made them way more effective in their ability to communicate with confidence and competence, whatever their proposition is, using psychology and subliminal techniques and persuasion techniques, all the stuff that most people are never gonna take the time to learn um, because it takes study, it takes uh, the investment of time and, and, and the investment of dollars to get better at your craft. So I put together this course so that whether you're brand new in a sales career, sales business, maybe you just started in your own entrepreneurial uh, endeavor or you're seasoned, there's a place for you here to learn how to get to the next level from a number of contributors that are incredible people that are contributing to the course. But I also have 30 modules that I have uh, laid out for my personal experiences in successful selling. So it really is over 300 hours wow. of training that a person is going to get to become that master that they need to be. Wow, that's almost like a degree. It's it's a library of content that that is is, but it's go at your pace. It's not a uh, something you have to accomplish by a certain time. These modules are designed to go at your pace, so when you're ready to learn the next one, it pops up. Gotcha. Do you have to do them in a certain order? No, no. You could choose which the module makes the most sense for you and maybe circle back to uh, one that's not as interesting on because circle back to it later. Okay. But you get to customize the experience depending on where you're at and what you need to help you succeed. Yeah, and that's why I was asking that because, I mean, what if I've got confidence but I lack communication or tact, you know, that's probably the area that I'd want to go to first. Not that I lack tact, but just an example. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm curious, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, but I'm sure you'll do fine. What would be like one subliminal technique, like a candidate who is going for an interview could use? That's a great question. And I, I speak a lot with um, I consult a lot rather with uh, colleges and universities and recruiting firms on how to prepare their candidate to just kill the interview. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen so many videos of people that are so poorly prepared for an interview that their resume could be stellar, but the rest of them is not. <laughs> and an employer is going to look at the entire picture, mm -hmm. not just what's on a piece of paper. So I always encourage brand new interviewees that to the degree that you can help the other person feel, other person being the interviewer, they can feel certain and, and safe that their decision to make you an offer will have great ramifications for them. In other words, they're not going to regret later the decision to hire you. If you can help that person feel a sense of certainty in you, safety in you, secure in their decision in you, and also uh, a measure of, of stability that you're going to bring to the organization, if you can help them feel that, and that's not something you're going to find in the resume. You right. can't see that on paper. They got to see that in you. They got to sense that in you. And the only way you can do that is by the words that you use and the body language that you bring to the table says a lot about you verbally and verbal communication, but nonverbal communication. And I think it's the, the combination of both is what most interviewees lack. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And that's why they oftentimes don't get the offer when they're wondering, I'm great on paper, but you missed half the equation as to why that person didn't uh, feel certain enough, confident enough to hire you. Absolutely. I want to ask you a question because I, I was listening to a podcast the other day. That's how most of my conversations start. I listened to a podcast, um, but it was a psychologist um, that was on and she was talking about the neuro linguistics and all this kind of stuff. But she also said something because we've all been I mean, a lot of our interviews have gone to Zoom now. Right. And mm -hmm. she said that there is whenever you and I would think this would be subliminal. Whenever you walk into a room, what's one of the first things you do in an interview? You shake hands or you touch somebody on the elbow or it, but it's that touch that releases endorphins that helps to start building that rapport, right? It makes me mm -hmm. feel good about you because you know, we've had contact. But she also said that if you're doing like a video interview, if you reach out your hand and say, man, I wish I could give you a handshake, but let's, I'm going to give you a virtual handshake that it releases mm -hmm. the same endorphins. Is that true? Not only is it true, but smiling mm -hmm. often tickles that emotional trigger in the other person's subconscious mind where they create an immediate bond and they like you. Why is it that one candidate who has a lesser resume does not get the offer over another candidate um, who or rather the person with the lesser resume, he gets the offer over the person with the way more qualified resume. Why? Because the interviewer liked this one, the one with the lesser resume, more. And that had a lot to do with the words that, that uh, the person was, was uh, using and the fact that they were smiling, their countenance was light, their countenance was friendly. It exuded this, hey, I wanna be your friend and I, I, I belong here. That's very important. Now, again, on Zoom, uh, uh, most people might think, hey, I can't portray that on Zoom. And you certainly can. The verbal, the uh, virtual handshake works. The smiling works. The shoulders back work. The head, the, the chin up works. And the questions you ask, it all works, whether it's live or virtual. You really aren't going to skip a step if you know what you're doing. Yeah, and, and part of my advice to my candidates that are interviewing via video is overemphasize everything overemphasize show that excitement you know so that they know that you're not just sitting there um and also one other tip and they won't let me do it here i talk about this all the time stand up mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. stand up when you're talking Listen, yeah body movement is energy in motion yes now if you notice since we started this this into this uh, podcast here i've used my hands a lot mm -hmm. right uh, I'm, I'm moving there's a reason why I do that. There's energy in motion. My body is moving. It forces your eyes and your synapses and your brains to keep track of where I'm going. And it triggers the sense of, of being awake, being alive, being electric, following me around. It's so critical. So standing up, if it's possible to do that in a virtual interview where your head isn't cut off, I, I, that's, that's fine to do. Yes. It'll be different, but it'll be different uh, for a good reason. And I think it'll leave a memorable stamp on the person that you've been, person who's interviewed you, rather. Absolutely. And so if you had to give like one absolute, like what are some ways that a job candidate can sell themselves during the interview? Ask effective questions that will be different from what the other candidates are asking. You know, 
I, I, I have to say, I have a pet peeve. Can I share with you my pet peeve? Please do. Let's see if it's the same <laughs> as mine. So I, I got a number of pet peeves. But one <laughs> of my pet peeves is how some of these counselors, counsel and coach uh, these interview candidates in a way that is outdated, stale, pretty uniform. And there's some things you've got to practice, right? Some things you've got to be, mm -hmm. uh, you got to go, uh, go down the line and make sure that you're not doing anything wacky. But sometimes that doesn't work as well. And the, the more that you become different, good different, in yes. the eyes of the interviewer, the more you leave a mental footprint and it begins to help them see the value in who you are because you are innovative, you are bringing a measure of ingenuity in your level of questions, and you're not afraid to ask them as long as they're respectful, okay? So um, I would ask if one of the questions that I always coach those that are going through this process, I ask them to ask the interviewer, John, if you were to hire me, because sometimes the interviewer will ask you, do you have any questions for me, right? The interviewer says, do you have any questions for me? And some of the questions are so dry and dull. But here's a great question, John, if, if you were to hire me, what should it look like for your company 12 months from now? What value do you see that I could bring to the company 12 months from now? Great question. That's a great question. Why is that a great question? Because John has to place himself in the position already mentally that he said that he's hired you, and he's got to fast forward 12 months of you being in that environment. And if he gives you an answer that says, well, if it's a positive answer, then he is already closing himself on making you an offer. Or at least he's that much closer to it. Now, what candidate will ask an interviewer that kind of question? A Not many. A confident one. Correct. Yeah. One that says, I'm here, I'm going to help. And what's it look like 12 months from now? Oh, I think I'm going <laughs> to so totally start coaching my candidates to use that question. You know, one of the other things that I really work with my candidates on, and I love that you said to ask those effective questions. I caution my candidates, do not go out and Google questions to ask in an interview. Oh, Lord. You're going to ask the same questions everybody else does. Get curious. Get curious about the company, get curious about the culture, and get curious about the position itself and develop some really good, honest questions. And I think that that's really helpful in an interview. Hmm. Uh, there, there is, just to add a little bit to that, uh, again, the measure of confidence has to be there, right? If you're confident in yourself and you're certain in yourself, that person is going to pick up on that and vice versa if you're lacking confidence in yourself they pick up on that as well right so one of the questions that a great question to ask as a sort of a different tweak on one i just mentioned is um hey john i i, I want you to imagine if you've made me an offer if you've made me an offer john where do you see that i could serve the company best mm. john if you make me an offer where do you feel that I can serve this company best? The minute he starts answering that question, he's already placed himself offering you the position and he mentally, it's a mental thing, Right. he sees you running around already being a part of the firm. Okay, powerful question that will stump the interviewer. It'll work to your advantage because now you're leveraging subliminal subconscious questioning. But he's going to say, wow, this person, I've never had someone ask me a question like this before. They must be unique. They must be different. This is exactly the kind of person we're looking for. 
Exactly. Exactly. I, I love that. And it's and it's 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 a nice it's not manipulation, but it is a shift in, in encouraging them to go in the direction you want to go. Um, but it's I think uh, one of my guests one time, he calls it ethical persuasion. Correct. And I like that. Yep. So he was a student of Robert Cialdini. So um, yes. so anyway. OK, so. We've talked about how we're going to help them nail the interview, but how would, you know, a lot of these candidates, well, not so much nowadays, but sometimes they go a long time looking for a job before they nail one. So how do they find the motivation to keep going when they are discouraged? Great question. Uh, I have personal experience with that one. <laughs> Friends and family. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so I know, the, uh, I know that experience. Here's the one thing that I encourage anybody who's going through this, and you will go through this at some point mm -hmm. in time. You have to practice emotional management. Yes. And it may be tough because you get uh, as easily to be discouraged. Mm -hmm. But discouragement, I, 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 can, I can say without question, discouragement comes from a place. It just doesn't pop up. So here's where discouragement begins to have its roots. It has its roots in one to one extent. It has its roots in delay. When we want something so bad and we're planning and preparing for it and dreaming about it and envisioning this, this goal, and the goal could be a nice job, right? The longer it takes for that to arrive, the greater the delay, the greater the propensity to be discouraged. And the greater the propensity to be discouraged, the more you have to practice emotional management, emotional discipline, not to get down in the dumps, because it's going to continue to affect your ongoing search for employment. But if you're out networking and you bring this sorrowful look to your face, people are going to pick up on the fact that you've got some, some something you're dealing with, and that can cause you an introduction that could be made to the person who might hire you. So it's very important to understand, um, to be aware of, of the, the emotion of discouragement, where it comes from, because that helps you hedge the, uh, the battle with it. But then you've got to learn how to practice emotional management and keep going, because ultimately, here's the key thing, ultimately, inevitably, invariably, you get higher. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's not a matter of never. It's only a matter of when. Exactly. And the when will happen when the timing is right. It'll happen when it happens. You've got to be in control of your emotions until it does. And, and that is such a beautiful way to put it. And I, I share this with my candidates that are getting stressed that have been looking for a job for a while. And I'm like, look, you've got to get a handle on that because desperate isn't pretty. And, and nobody's going to hire desperate. So Correct. you've got to get your, and that's why we talk so much about mindset on here because it is so critical. It's the first step to everything that you do is getting your mindset right. So... Okay, I agree. The, and that was beautiful. There's so much information in this podcast, and I just love that you're sharing it with us. But real quick, because we're almost out of time, I want to. I know we talked a lot about networking early on, but what advice would you give to a young professional who is just beginning to network? That's a great question. I give a talk called "Make Networking Meaningful," and that's just years of experience of seeing how people waste their time when they make mm -hmm. when they go out there to network, they just do it in a way that doesn't serve them. So how do you make networking meaningful if you're a brand new person out there 
which you should be engaging the community, engaging with people, getting yourself known because obscurity is not your friend. Mm-hmm. I said obscurity is not your friend. Okay. So number one, make sure that when you network, get there early enough so you can recon the room. See who's in the room. See who's the person you've got to meet. See some the person who most has the most influence in the room and go track that person down. But you can't do that if you show up to the networking events late. Yep. So get there early so you can recon. Number two, delete the blueprint. Um, check the baggage at the door. If you've got problems, we all got problems. When you walk into that event to network with people, you got to have your smile on. Your confidence has got to be bright. You've got to be positive. Whatever baggage you're dealing with at home, leave it at home. If you've got to delete that blueprint at the door, delete it at the door because nobody wants a negative Nelly hanging around them. And if you are too concerned with what's happening that's uh, not great in your life, you're going to vibrate that. And mm-hmm. we're vibrational beings. We're going to pick up on that. Somebody's going to pick up on that. That's right. And then I will introduce you to the person you need to be introduced with, uh, introduced to rather, at that event. So number two, show up early and show up with the right attitude and, and generate the right vibration so that way you can be more attractable to the other person. And the third is make sure that you are strong and follow up and following through. I see too many people at these networking events. They make great connections. And they never take the time to follow up and follow through with the person the very next day. Send an email, send a text, place a phone call, connect with them on LinkedIn. Let them know that I appreciate meeting you, connecting with you, and let's stay in touch. And can we grab some time together? Because obscurity is not your friend. And what good does it do if you meet someone in an event the day before, but they never hear from you, see you ever again? That was your time that was wasted. The possibilities that, have, that have, could have been generated from that brand new connection will never come to pass because your follow-up and follow-through fail. That it was perfectly said. I do not need to add another thing, <laughs> except for maybe don't go and sling your business cards at people. You know, be respectful when you're handing out your business cards. There was this one guy that came into an event that I was at one time, and the first thing he did, he, just, he had a pile of business cards in his hand, never said hello, and just walked up and said, here, 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 here. And you know... 99% of those business cards went in the trash as soon as, and then he walked out. He oh. didn't even stay. I was like, Terrible. how Terrible. does that work for you? You know, so. Awful. Yeah. It's Awful. Beautiful advice here today. Jay, I appreciate this so much, but now it's time for our VIP questions. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. If you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? And I'm going to choose one for you. You have to take your wife. She was already on my list. In fact, she would not stay. (laughs) (laughs) She's amazing, by the way. Mm -hmm. So what are your things? Yeah, she would not stay. I I, I would say, if I'm going to bring people, I'd bring my wife. But probably going to Mars, I'd like to bring Neil deGrasse just to help me out, stay, so I can stay alive long enough to get back. Okay. <laughs> and then I probably would bring my son also um, because it's uh, we're a family unit. We're very strong that way, and I, I wouldn't leave him behind. In fact, he probably would just uh, would hijack the plane anyway, so I might as well bring him. <laughs> so those are the three people I bring. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. So what's one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? Well, that's a great question. Uh, alignment, synchronicity. Mm-hmm. What do I mean by that? Mind, body, and soul, right? Mind, body, and spirit. You hear about it often. But for me, it's important. I get up in the morning and I work on my body and get to the gym. 
as often as, uh, as I can during the week. I get up early. I'm there. I want to work on my body. I want to get my body going. I want to get my mind going. So as I'm working out or before I work out or after I work out, I'm reading something. I'm feeding my mind with good nutritional value. I've got to get my mind going in the right direction. And then I spend time in meditation. So that incorporates the spirit, incorporates the soul. I want to be in alignment with my mind, body, and soul so that way we could synchronize and be ready for the day. I think a lot of people who skimp out on that, maybe they work out, but they don't spend time meditating or spend time reading, or maybe they're reading, they're reading the wrong stuff, or they're just not in sync with any one of those three things, are setting themselves up for a potential disastrous day, maybe not disastrous in, in any physical way, but it doesn't go the way they want, or they're susceptible to the emotional swings that can come at them because maybe something doesn't go right. When you are in alignment early on in the morning, and however you might want to do it, I do it physically, mentally, and spiritually. Um, it helps me stay strong. It gives me a lot of energy, a lot of vibrancy throughout the course of the day. And, and just simply put, I feel good. And when you feel good, you'll do good. And things don't work out throughout the course of the day, it's okay. At least you had a good morning and you could always pick up the next day. That's so important. I could not agree with you more. I'm very much a morning ritual person, so I wholeheartedly agree. Maybe not the working out, but everything else. <laughs> everything else <laughs> I'm on board with. We can talk about that afterward. We'll oh, talk no. About <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> okay, my final question for you. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Oh, that, that's easy. Jay Maney. Here lies Jay Maney. Inspirer, impactor, influencer, and instructor for the good of others and their world. He did it daily. He did it passionately. He did it consistently. That would be the headline. Got it. How do people find you? Because I know they're going to want to learn more from you. Uh, a number of ways. Uh, they can follow me on all my platforms, my social media platforms. Uh, Instagram and Twitter are the same, at the Jay Maney. Uh, they can track me down on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is where I connect with the majority of people. They could certainly go there. They can go to my website, djmaney.com. All of my blogs, my blogs, my books, my course, the radio show links, it's all there. It's a, it's a central hub that can connect you to wherever you want to go from that website. That is awesome. I, I bet you're going to have a lot of people getting in touch with you after this. So um, I really appreciate your time today, um, especially your, your giving heart, your giving to the young executives. You know, that's a passion project of mine right now, um, probably will be for a while. Um, and so I just have one last thing to say to you, Jay. You are a VIP. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.